Luke chapter 2, you see it on the screen. It says, um, they hurried, referring to the shepherds, they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. I want you to watch a clip from a movie called The Chosen. I love that scene because it kind of uses our imagination to kind of wonder what it might have been like for the shepherds when they saw baby Jesus. And I love the shepherd's response there. They said, we must tell someone. We must tell everyone. And then he says, people must know. People must know. I love that. People need to know. Why we've been talking about Jesus as the Word, Jesus as life. And this morning we want to kind of bring some closure to the series of Advent that we've been in and look at Jesus' mission and sent. And why Word, Life, Mission, and Sent? Well, we're followers of Jesus, and as we've talked in past weeks, As followers of Jesus, we want to be like Jesus. We want a disciple like Jesus. And Jesus calls himself the word. He calls himself life. He lives his life on mission. He's sent. Then we see him living out those practices with his own disciples. He shares the word with them. He shares his life with them. He shares his mission with them. And then he sends them. And so we've spent time on these four attributes of Jesus or these four practices of Jesus because as followers of Jesus, we want to be like him. We want a disciple like him. And also, a couple weeks ago, I shared with you one of the reasons why I want us to spend time and wanted to spend time on these attributes of Jesus is because simply of a problem that I, I see in the church. And that problem is that I see a contentment with just being a disciple instead of understanding that the mission is not just to be a disciple. It's to be a disciple maker. And what I see in the church is just a contentment with just being a disciple, which is a great thing. But that's not the mission. The mission was not just be a disciple. It was go and make disciples. And so if we're going to make disciples like Jesus, and Jesus made disciples by sharing the word, sharing life, sharing mission, living sin, then we need to do the same. And so that led us to a, to a challenge that I want to challenge each and every follower of Jesus that's here this morning and in our family of house churches. And that is in this next year to pray about and commit your life to being in a disciple-making relationship with someone where you are meeting at least once a month with that someone or in a small huddle and you're holding each other accountable to being obedient to all that Jesus is, has commanded us, which is also part of the Great Commission which we often forget, obedience. And so you're going to hold each other accountable to being obedient to what Jesus has commanded, and you're going to hold each other accountable to sharing the word, sharing life, living on mission, and living sin. And then with the intent that you each, at least by the end of the following year, 
you'll do the same with someone else. And that's kind of the challenge. And so that's why we've spent time looking at Jesus' word, life, mission, and sent. And we've spent time looking at Jesus' word and Jesus' life. And so we, we want to go back to the Gospel of John, the first chapter. So join me there. The Gospel of John, chapter 1. And I want us to see this morning these attributes or these practices of Jesus, specifically mission and sent. So John chapter 1, and I want to read from verses 1 down to 18. John writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And he's talking about John the Baptist here. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And this word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glories of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then talking about John the Baptist again, he says, John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He comes after me, ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace, for the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. And I want you to notice something in these verses. Notice how often and how many times John references Jesus coming. Jesus coming. In verse 9, he talks about this light, referring to Jesus, was coming into the world. And then verse 11, it says, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Then in verse 14, it says, and this word became flesh, and it came and dwelt among us. He made his home here among us. So he comes and makes his home. And then quoting John the Baptist, John the Baptist says in verse 15, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. And what John the Baptist is really saying is Jesus has always existed John and Jesus lived physically on the earth at the same time, so how can John the Baptist say Jesus existed before him unless Jesus was God? And that's what he's meaning here. He's saying Jesus has existed before me because he's the Logos, he's, he's God. And so John has kind of walked us through in the beginning of his biography of Jesus that Jesus is the Logos, he's the Word, which means everything that God is, Jesus is, because Jesus is God. Then as we look last Sunday, Jesus is life, he's this Zoe kind of light, this this, this life that transcends, that's better, that surpasses, that's in addition to this physical life. And he wants to give you this life. And that life that he wants to give you is actually his life that comes into you, that he, that he gives you. And then I think we see something here in this passage 
related to Jesus living a, on mission and, and being sent. And I think we can see this from the very fact that John multiple times in this chapter refers to Jesus as coming. Well, then, the, he's, if he's coming, where is he coming from? And we've talked about this in the past weeks. He, he's, he's coming from heaven. He was with God. But John even gets more specific as to where Jesus is coming from. In verse 18, if you look at it, look at what he says here. Here He says, no one has ever seen God. He's saying the only God, referring to Jesus, who is where? What's it say? At the Father's side. So John gets real specific here, and he's saying Jesus is at the Father's side. He's, he's in the presence of the Father. And so where is he coming from? He's coming from the presence of of his father. Well, why is he coming? Well, I, I, think, I think many of us know why he's coming. He's coming because, right, he's coming to take away the sins of the world. He's coming to, to be the sacrifice on the cross, but there's more to his coming than just that. Right? There's more about his coming that I think John wants us to understand and he helps us see this in later chapters. And if you would um, turn to John chapter 5, verses 36 through 38. So, so Jesus is coming, and he's coming from the Father's side. But why is he coming? John chapter 5, verse 36 through 38. Jesus is speaking here, and he says, But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has what? Sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you've never heard, his form you've never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you. Why? For you do not believe the one whom he has sent. And so Jesus is coming, and he's coming from the Father's side. Why? Because the Father has sent him. He sent him. Actually, over 30 times in John's biography, Jesus refers to himself as being sent. So Jesus himself understands that the Father has sent him. And the Apostle Paul affirms this in Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, verse, verse 4. So you want to turn there, join me in Galatians 4, verse 4. Paul is writing... And he says this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. And so here Paul is affirming this reality, this truth that the father has sent the son. So Jesus is coming because dad sent him. He said, I want you to go. And so when I think about this, I think of if, if, the Father has sent the Son, then the Son understands what it means to be sent. He understands the emotions and the feelings and the sacrifices that come from leaving a familiar place and going to a place that's unfamiliar, going to a place that you've never been before, if you will. And I was thinking back when our church that we were part of in Latonia, Kentucky, sent us to the Republic of Ireland as, as missionaries, and we had a commissioning ascending service, and it was a wonderful Sunday evening service, and I just remember that night, what a special night, and, and the night before we were to get on the plane, Andrea, myself, and the three kids, Kate had not yet been born, because she was born in Ireland, 
And so I remember being in the elevator of the hotel. We stayed near the airport. And Andrea's dad and mom were there. And I don't remember how, but her dad and I ended up in the elevator together at the hotel. And I remember just standing in the elevator, staring at the door with him next to me going, and I said, what am I doing? I said, what on earth am I doing? Am I crazy? I remember saying, poor him. I didn't know what, you know, I don't even remember what he said, honestly. But I just remember in that moment, this, this world, this flood of emotions of just, what am I doing? I'm taking my family to a place we've never been before. The kids have never been. We went on a couple survey visits, but we never lived there before. It's totally unknown. And And yet, the Father sends the Son. And it just refreshes me to know that we have a Savior, a Jesus, who understands all the emotions, all the feelings that come from being sent and living sent. And for some of us, He might send you across the world to another country to declare the good news about this baby who was born, come to save us from our sins. Or He might just simply send you across the street, which is just as scary with that neighbor that just looks at you weird every day, right? Or whatever, and you're just like, are you, you want me to, you mean to talk to them, right? Or they don't mow their yard close enough to yours, so it looks weird if you don't mow half of their yard. You know, I mean, it's just like, kidding me, right? It just feels weird, right? I mean, it's hard. And I remember Abe standing up here last Sunday talking about, um, you know, having their neighbors in their home and just a spiritual battle that comes with that, of living scent, I mean, Jesus understands the spiritual battle that comes with being sent. He gets that. So he comes because the Father has sent him. He sent him. So why does the Father send him? Why does the Father send the Son? Well, he sends the Son because the Son has a mission. If you go back to John chapter 1, John chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, Jesus is sent by the Father because they have a mission to accomplish. There's a mission to accomplish. In John chapter 1, verse 6, he says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And again, he's talking about John the Baptist here. And I think when John, the writer, gives us the mission of John the Baptist, I think we get a glimpse of, a little glimpse of Jesus' mission here. And and look at what he says. He says, he came, John the Baptist came as a witness to bear witness about the light. And here's the glimpse of Jesus' mission that I want to see. That what? All might believe through him. And then go down to verse 12. He says, but to all who did receive Jesus, who what? Believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And so... Part of the mission that Jesus has been sent by the Father to accomplish is for people to believe, to believe in Jesus. Why? So that they might become children of God. And we, we looked at this last week a little bit. Like Jesus came, he said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So the mission for why the Father sent the Son is so that you and I might receive life, his life. And Included in that life are, is you and me becoming adopted sons of God. We're becoming children of God. And, and if we go back to that Galatians passage, Paul affirms this in Galatians chapter 4. If you go back, we read 
verses 5 through 7 of Galatians 4, Paul says this, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law. Why? To redeem, that means to rescue, to buy back those who were under the law, so that, that's another purpose phrase, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So Paul is saying, listen, God sent the son to rescue you, to bring you out of the darkness of your sins so that you could receive this life that Jesus wants to give you. And in surrendering your life to him and receiving that life of his in you, you become a child of God. And if you are a child of God, then you are an heir. Means you have rights and privileges to everything that is God's. He gives you because you're a child of his. I mean, when you think about that, when you think about the mission and you think about what Jesus is coming to give us, give us life and bring us into the family of God, where you're a child, a son or a daughter. And he came so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So the Father sends the Son because there is a mission to accomplish, and that mission involves Believing, you believing in Jesus, surrendering your life to Jesus, this one who loves you so much that he came. Now, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about my relationship with the grocery store. Don't, don't ask me how I got to the point of thinking about the grocery store while I'm thinking about the father sending the son, but I did. And so I don't know about you, but I, I kind of have this relationship with the, with the grocery store where I, I don't go to the grocery store just to go to the grocery store. I don't, I don't know if anyone does. If you do, that'd be a little weird. But, cool. So, anyway, I was thinking about, you know, I only go to the grocery store primarily when I'm sent to go to the grocery store. Right? And if I'm sent to the grocery store, I'm going because I have a mission to accomplish. It is to get milk or to get candy for family night. Or when the kids were little, it was to get diapers wipes, whatever. You go because you're just sent. Or like for me, right? Like I'm going to the grocery store, not because, hey, I want to hang out. I just want to go to the grocery store, see who's there, what's up, man? <laughs> Hope it's good. You having a good time? Yeah, great. I don't, who goes to the grocery store for the, You don't. You go because you have a mission to accomplish, right? You, you've been, for me, I've been sent to accomplish something. And so what do we have here in the, in, in the grand scheme of what God is doing? The Father says, Son, I want you to go. I want you to leave my, my side, and I want you to go, and I want you to become flesh, and I want you to make your home there. Why? Because there's a mission we have to accomplish. And the mission is I, I, I want to give people life. I want to give them life because they're in darkness. And they need this life. And so, go. Go. Well, how does Jesus accomplish this mission? And, and we know this. And most of us know this answer, right? How does Jesus accomplish the mission? I think John says it very well in another book of the Bible that he wrote. That got, um, 1 John chapter 4, if you want to join me there. Verses 9 and 10. You'll see it on the screen, obviously, there too. But 1 John chapter 4, he says this. He says, in this the love 
of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Or I love how the New Living Translation says it. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So that's how Jesus accomplishes this mission of of offering you his life. He comes, puts skin on, lives his life perfectly, goes to a cross willingly, taking your place where you and I need to be for our rebellion and rejection against God. And he does that. Why? Why does the Father send the Son to do that? Love. God showed how much he loved us by doing this, by sending his Son to accomplish a mission which is to give you life, to give me life, and to bring us into his family, to take away our sins. And I'm assuming most people here have seen the Christmas movie Buddy the or Elf, right, with Buddy the Elf, right? Have you seen that? I love that scene, right, where he storms into the boardroom, right, and he's just like, and his dad's in this meeting. I love that. And he's like, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. I don't care who knows it. It's a lot easier with the wireless. Thank you. Um, Where was I going with that? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, so thank you. Yeah, give me sent, mission. We're good. All right. So, yeah, so... When I think about all that, that the Father has done, right, a lot of times we just see Christmas and as, as this, the focus is on the Son, and it should be. But sometimes I think we, we forget about the Father and sending His Son, right? And I think what we have at Christmas is kind of the Father going, I'm sending my Son to show you that I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. I love you. I love you. So much so that I'm willing to send my own son for you. I love you. And so the father sends the son because there's a mission to accomplish. And the son accomplishes that mission by willingly going to the cross and taking upon himself our darkness, our sin, And those who surrender to the Son, believing in Him, that He gives them this new life and they become children of God, rightful heirs to all that is God's, that's grace, people. That's grace. And the Father's going, absolutely, it's because I love you. I love you. But as we've seen with Jesus as the Word and Jesus as life, there's something else I want us to see here back in chapter 1 of the first of the Gospel of John, John chapter 1, verse 6. It says, there was a man sent from God. And I found this interesting as I was reading this passage. I'm like, he's just talking about Jesus being the Word, Jesus being life, and then there's a man sent from God. Like, kind of like this parenthesis kind of thing. I'm like, that's just weird. I'm telling you my thought process, right? I'm looking, I'm like, so that he transitions from like talking about Jesus 
There's the word and life and this big doctrine who existed with God. And then there was a man sent by God. And I'm like, why is he doing that? Like, what, what's his point? And I think there's something here that we see that is really interesting. And it's, again, about the Father. And here, here Jesus has come, right? He's put on flesh, comes as a baby. And, and how's the Father getting the message to the world? What's he do? He sends a man. John the Baptist. He sent shepherds. And what was blowing me away as I was reading this was like, isn't it interesting that here we see in the Christmas story, how does the Father get the message of the Son to the world? He involves the people he sent the Son to save, to go and tell the world about the Son who came to save. Amazing grace. And so in, here's the truth I want, to, want us to get. In sending his son to save us, the father is also sharing his mission with us. In sending his son to save us, because I, I want to read this quote from Desiring God Ministries. He, he says this, Marshall Siegel, he says, if we could find that and put on the screen, He says, Jesus came on mission, lived on mission, died on mission, and left his disciples, including all of us who follow him today on mission. Conversion is about commission, not just salvation. Here's why. Listen, because we're not saved to be saved, but saved to be sent. We are saved to go out into the world for the glory of our Jesus, to make him known as our Lord, Savior, and greatest treasure. And we see that in the Gospel of John, the very first chapter. Here we have Jesus as a logos. He's a word. He's God. We have his life, and he wants to give us life. And then God sent a man. Why? Because the Father wants to share his mission with you. He involves you. He could do it any way he wanted. But he says, I actually want to use the people that the Son is coming to save to get the message about the Son who came to save to the world. So he wants to use us. And that's exactly what we see those first century disciples doing. We see Jesus doing that with his own disciples. In John chapter 20, verse 21, he looks at his disciples and he says, As the Father has sent me, so now I am sending you. What's Jesus doing? He's just doing what the Father did with him. He's just sending them out on mission. And and I think we see this in the first century disciples. I think a beautiful example of this is Barnabas with Paul. If you know the the story of the Apostle Paul and how he was um, gloriously transformed by the grace of God in Acts chapter 9, and he surrenders his life to Jesus. And then this guy Barnabas comes along and just kind of takes him, takes Paul under his wing. You can read about this in Acts 9 and Acts 11, Acts 13. And so Barnabas comes along and alongside Paul in Acts chapter 9, and then they send Paul to, to Tarsus. Then it says that Barnabas went looking for Saul in Tarsus. And he says he stayed with him for a year, brought him into church. And then in Acts chapter 13, what do we see the church doing with Paul and Barnabas? They're sending them out. And so what you have is the father sending the son and then the son sending his disciples. And then what you have are those disciples doing the same thing. They're living on mission and they're sending And so the truth I want us to grab is that in sending his son to save us, the father is actually also sharing his mission with us. And Christmas, Christmas is the father on mission, 
sending his son empowered by the spirit to save the world from sin. And now our role in that story is that we are sent by the son empowered by the spirit to tell the world about the son who came to save it from sin. And that's our role in the story. And so when we talk about living on mission and and living sin, we're just simply talking about reflecting the Father's heart. We're just talking about reflecting the Father's heart. And so what's this all look like? What's it look like to share mission? What's it look like to live sin? And and some of you are, you know, you're living it. And so here's what I want us to do. I just want you to take a moment or two and just with the people around you, share some examples of what sharing mission and living scent can look like. So let's learn from each other for just a moment. Just take a moment with the people around you and answer the question, what, what's it look like to share mission, the mission of the Father of telling the world about Jesus? What's it look like to live scent? Just take some moments to talk about that together. Jesus is a word. It's life. Lived his life on mission, live sent. The Father sent the Son because there's a mission to accomplish. And how beautiful that the Father invites us to join in the, in the mission of telling the world about the Son who he sent to save. And so now the challenge for us is to just live this mission, to share this mission. And as we move into the next year, I just want you to be praying about and thinking about and asking the Spirit of God, God, show me. Who do you want me to be in this relationship with this this disciple-maker relationship where I can live this mission out and live sent? Who? Who? Because Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And here's the promise. And as you do that, I, Jesus, am with you always.